You're awesome, mate. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you so much. Kia ora, guys. Yeah, as you can tell now, my name is Kathan. <laughs> I study at the University of Waikato doing business, and I love Jesus. Like, I had a radical encounter with God in 2013, and it changed my life. Like, I was brought up in this church, but that was when it became real. Like, something shifted, and I can't wait to share with you guys about belonging. So, this is our church's theme for this year, hence the thing on the walls and everything. So, it's really exciting, and like, it's such a huge topic, but so relevant today. So, everyone, we're looking for purpose in this time, you know, and we need Jesus, except people don't realize that, hey, you're not just saved, you belong. So, I can't wait to share what we're going to go through tonight, and if you don't mind, I'll just pray to get ready, eh? Sweet. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you that you died to us, died for us, not just to set us free, but to love on us and have a personal, deep, intimate relationship with you. Father, I pray for everyone here to have a deep revelation of your love. I pray that they'll know that they belong with you. Amen. So I'm excited, like, oh, it's going to be fun. I f- believe um, i really prompted to speak out of John chapter 15, verse 4. So if you guys have your Bibles or electronic devices, you want to turn out there and we'll go there. This will be the kind of lens we're looking through tonight as we talk about um, this cool guy called Aaron and his brother Moses. But this is the lens we're going to kind of look through. Sweet. So it says... Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Hmm. Wow. The life source for the branch is the vine. As in, I dropped science pretty early, unfortunately, in my education, but one thing I do know, a branch that's not connected to the vine is going to die or is dead. It's, it's pretty straightforward. Like, I figured that one out. And like, what's so interesting is that that means we don't just need to be a part of Jesus and saved. It's not just this one thing where you're connected, then you go off. It means you have to be constantly connected to the life source. And in fact, if you're not, you're not living life to the full. Like, Jesus has got, given us this incredible opportunity not just to be saved, but to know him personally. It's like, what? And like, oh, it's so powerful. So I really felt prompted to speak in Exodus 32. Where's this cool guy, as I said? Yeah, Aaron and Moses are here. So what's so interesting about this moment is um, it's got Moses, who was leading the Israelites at the time, He's just led them out of Egypt, where they'd been in slavery for around about 400 years, or possibly 430 there in Egypt. And what Moses used to do is that he used to go and spend time with God. He led out of a personal relationship that was intimate with Father God. And what's real cool in this, but like you see that I think during this time, Moses is up in there for 40 days and 40 nights up chilling with God. That's a long time. (laughs) Like, you know, just going up onto a mountain. Imagine the people, like, if you're, say if I'm at work at Countdown, I'm on checkout. If the supervisor just walks away for 40 days, like, and just doesn't show up, and we're wondering, they're going, "Uh, what do we do now? We've got alcohol. Ding! 
come please, somebody. Like, and you have to get someone to walk past. It's kind of awkward. And they, you notice the Israelites here lose control. They don't understand what's happening. So I'll just read it for you. Eh? When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed to him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. <laughs> uh, that escalated quickly. <laughs> like, man, they really changed. Like, oh, yo, my guy's gone. What do we do? Okay, let's go. We're going to have a party, guys, make a calf, going to worship it. It's going to be awesome. And what's so funny is like, I can kind of understand what this relates for going, but at the same time going, what are you guys doing? So say I'm used to people taking a while to get ready. Like I have an amazing friend called Tyra Palmer. And at conferences, Nicole, Jay, Muller, and I would go, okay, we're going to get to the session on time, guys. We're going to go. And we know if we want to be there on time, we just have to tell Tyra to be there half an hour early. And it's okay, but say, like the Israelites, you know, Moses is taking a while, but one thing that Ashley, Nicole, and I would do is say if Tyra has taken a particularly long time, we would go and check on her. We wouldn't go, oh, she's dead. Never mind. We'll just go to the session. It's okay. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I guess you didn't make up that one. Or anyway, like, well, like the Israelites here, they just go, oh, Moses is dead. Well, Aaron, you're the next best thing. You're kind of the head priest. What do we do now? And my, Aaron just goes, sweet, let's go and make an idol. He's not even like, oh, my brother. Where's my brother gone? Like, at least they could have gone to the edge of the mountain and called out, Moses, you there, bro? But no, no one does that. They just leave poor old Moses and go, I guess he's dead. Never mind. Like, <laughs> and what's crazy, and this is where we see the contrast in Moses and Aaron's perspective, is Moses led by having a personal relationship with God, where Aaron led out of method. Aaron knew the presence of God. He was the priest appointed by God. Like he knew him. He was in the glory. And in fact, a couple of chapters you see that when they go, he went up the mountain with the other elders and Moses and experienced God face to face. That's incredible. And yet he goes, okay, I'm going to make this idol. I would suggest he knew it was wrong. In fact, just before Moses had given the Ten Commandments, one of them of which, okay, guys, now whatever you do, do not make an idol. They made an idol. It's like, well, awesome. That's a really good idea. Like, and it's, like, it's not that he didn't know it was wrong. It's just that he felt pressured by the people. And so often we can get caught up like that. So often we just go, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What are these people going to say about what I'm going to say? Are they going to react to how I think they will? What happens? What happens? What happens? But why? Why are we getting caught up in that? The problem was like, the people's claims weren't even unreasonable. In fact, you know, being 430 years in Egypt, they would have been around with all the gods of Egypt. 
Imagine when they go in that conversation and ask how your God's going. And it's like, oh, bro, I went to the temple the other day. My God, they're like three heads, five claws. He's only got four fingers. And sometimes he clucks like a chicken. What does your God look like? Uh, I heard he was in a burning bush once. (laughs) No, 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 but what does he look like, man? Uh, I haven't actually seen him. Oh, your God's average, bro. You know, like, imagine how awkward that would be. Those lights don't want to sound weird. Neither do we. It's just like our thing of going, oh, what, you're a Christian? It was just the same thing for an ancient context. They weren't trying to be scared. They were just sick of being weird. They copied all everyone else when we were called to be different. We were called to have Jesus and go hard for him. Awesome. What also? Oh, sorry. What also I found interesting is the idol that that was made was out of the gold. Okay, so they've been 430 years in slavery. They're not living it up very much. They don't actually get paid gold. You're a slave. You don't exactly get paid. So how do they get it? And what you have, what you see in a couple of chapters beforehand, Moses has asked the Egyptians to give them gold as they were leaving. God had caused Egypt to fund the Exodus. And what had happened, they literally made an idol and worshipped the blessing, not the person who blessed them. Literally, the same thing that was supposed to bless them, they went and made into an idol. Did you know that Moses, when he came down, he was so angry, he made it melted down, put it in water, and they had to drink it up. They lost every single ounce of that gold. Gone. Because they forgot who blessed them. They didn't realize that, guys... We have to remain in him, even if it hurts, even if it's hard. Do we not believe that he'll make it through? In John 10.10, it says, The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I I have came so that they may have life and have it to the full. We are not meant to live on empty. We're not meant to just go rumbling through the days, staying alive like I'm a student. Imagine if I just woke up. Oh, I'm pretty skinny. I need to go to the gym. Come on. Okay, do the gym. Go to uni. Lectures. Okay, take notes. Oh, my gosh, i got work. Beep, beep, beep. Checkouts. Checkouts going. Oh, my goodness. I need to go to sleep. I'm tired. Go, okay. Get up the next day. Oh, go to the gym again. Oh, wait, no, I can't. I'm too sore this time. Oh, more lectures. I don't want to get caught up in a role of life. That's not living it to the full, is it? I'm getting caught up and going through the motions, but I'm not realizing Jesus is here with me. We have an incredible invitation to life with the full. I would suggest that's with Jesus. See, Aaron was in his calling. He was anointed by God to be the priest of the Israelites. And he was trying his best, but in the one thing that he was trying his best to do, he ended up doing the one thing and made it the wrong version of it. He, led, he was leading in Israel in worship just of the wrong thing. He didn't understand it was a personal relationship. The sacrifices that he did, the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he actually used the exact same ones Moses had told him to do when they're confirming the covenant with God. They didn't need to do those same ones. They already had the covenant. The covenant had not been broken. No one had died because that's the only way you break a covenant. All the Israelites would have to die. They didn't. They were very well alive. But instead, they went and he did the same ones. I'd suggest to you it's not because he was feeling that God wanted that. I suggest it was out of method. 
he got caught up in it, caught up in the motions, like I so can do all the time. But we're called to so much more than just living. We're called it to the full. Man, like, I had this awesome testimony in Christmas, like, that's just been. We had a whole lot of family around, some people that I don't even know how they're related to us, but they're anyway, here, there, anyway, and you're like, oh, hi, okay, whatever. And, like, one of my second cousins was there, and he was bawling his eyes out, and it was really weird. Like, you're going, dude, it's Christmas. We get food and presents. And I was going, like, what's wrong? But, like, and then I realized his hay fever was so bad, it's like someone had put a red mask on his face, and he only could just squint out of eyes to see, and it was just crying. <laughs> he wasn't, he was just so itchy, and we're like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, oh, God, what are I doing? He's like, well, you know how to pray for people. And I was like, okay, okay, I get it. So when I offered to pray for him, he was brought up in a Christian home, but at that time I didn't realize he was struggling, and he, he didn't really want to say yes, but his mum forced him to. <laughs> so, like, so anyway, I go and prayed for him. And as soon as I said amen, the itchiness went. And within two minutes, his whole face went down from all the swelling and looked perfectly normal. It was like, wow. <laughs> like, he cares even about hay fever? Come on. <laughs> like, like, anyway, and we saw this amazing miracle. Then I just felt God going, what if you were too tired to pray? What if you were too tired to actually be prompted and open to what I'm saying in life? What if you were running on empty so you couldn't do anything about it? Man, that guy recommitted his life to Jesus. He was struggling and finally came back to Jesus and started a personal relationship with him. We can't afford to deny people an encounter with God. We can have a personal relationship. That means spending time. So, man, how are we doing? What are we going to be different to Aaron so we don't get caught in our purpose and then miss it? How is our prayer life going? That's a conversation with God. Are you just going to go and make it a list of things that you need that you tick off like a supermarket shopping list? Or actually, actually are we praying and getting him to hear back? Get him to speak back into our lives. Are we going and reading the Bible going, you have to tell me something. You have to tell me something. Are you going to let him reveal what he wants to? Like Psalm 139 verse 1 says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. That means with all our crap in our lives, everything we do, he knows our motives. And not only does he know our motives, he still loves us. He wants it. So you're never going to be too like short. You're never going to fall short and be like, okay, stink, you didn't make it. No, he wants this with you and me and every single one of us. Guys, what an opportunity to a personal relationship with Father God. So as we think about this today, how can we grow and know him more? He's limitless. We're not going to run out. We're not going to get bored. Man, let us grow and take this personal invitation to relationship with him. In James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. What an opportunity. We belong with Jesus. Thank you.